Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Hey, hey, welcome back. So, as usual, I've been listening to and delving into some classes that are biblical studies classes. And uh, the particular teachers that I've run across are what somebody would consider a little bit on the liberal side. Now, uh, you got to be careful throwing terminology around because, uh, and the only reason I say that is not because it applies, but it's because the definitions change depending on who you're talking to. One man's, or one person's, excuse me, hero can be another person's heretic. So, in general, the things that I tend to gravitate to as far as my conservative side is really biblical authority and the fact that the Bible is a true historical accurate record. Uh, Most what would be considered liberal theologians don't believe that at all. Um, they see a lot of inconsistencies, and if they uh, don't have something like handed to them, evidently from the archaeological record that says so and you know Paul was here, Paul of Tarsus who knew Jesus was here, then they just discount it, which I think is uh, damaging to scholarship. Because you're basically assuming something is not true instead of just leaving it as, well, I just don't know. So, I've mentioned before, uh, that's one reason why I throw archaeology into the mix as something that pastors should be sharing. Now, Let's look at erosion of faith. Erosion. How does faith erode? Erosion, I think, is one of the most powerful tools that Satan can use. Now, you're thinking, well, why is that? That's kind of weird. First of all, erosion, by its very definition, takes place over a long period of time. And as screwed up as Satan is, and here's another kind of conservative thought, I guess, uh, I believe that Satan is an actual entity, a person with a personality who is pretty much uh, focused on everyone's destruction. Now, there are groups that just totally categorically deny that as a fact. I mean, you know, they don't 
don't see evil. They see things as just, well, he's not evil. He's just a bad, just made some bad choices. Hmm. Well, okay. Anyway. So. Looking at erosion, though, it happens over a long period of time. So it's really hard to track. And the kicker is, Zane's been around for thousands of years. Thousands of years. So really, and to be very honest with you, his viewpoint, its viewpoint uh, of uh, human life is pretty low. He doesn't care. In fact, if he was going to care, he would probably say uh, he would like the destruction of everybody. And that's what he's been working for anyway. But the thing is, he can wait you out. He can wait you out. Diligence is a hard thing. And faith requires diligence. Now, exactly what would be an example? I think Jesus gave us an example in the biblical record, in the book of Matthew... Uh, and they call it the parable of the sower, but it's really about the soil. Because the soil is the different kinds of disciples. And I've mentioned this before. In an earlier podcast, what kind of disciple are you? And in this parable, Jesus is talking about different kinds of, of soil. Uh, so, the first one... that's really in there is uh, well according to if you want to look that up it's Matthew chapter 13 at the very beginning uh, the sower went out to sow and he sowed some seeds fell along the path and the birds came and devoured it other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil but immediately sprang up and since they had no depth of soil, when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on the soil and produced grain, some hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, one of the beauties of this is that Jesus actually comes back and explains this parable lines it out and he does that in uh, the same chapter chapter 13 so starting at 20 verse 20 Jesus says and as for what was sown on rocky ground, and he makes it clear that the sower is God. And the word of the kingdom is the seed, okay? Some people equate that with salvation. I would say this would be salvation in any biblical knowledge. But it says rocky ground. Jesus said, this is one 
who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures a while. And when tribulation, persecution arise on account of the word, he immediately falls away. So this is someone who, and, and I love the term, uh, has no root in himself. What does that mean? What does that mean if you have no root in yourself? A lot of times, and I take that to be self-image, a lot of times we try to derive ourselves from everything else. How people feel about us, how people talk about us, their opinions, our education, our riches, our, you know, our clothes, our phys- you know, physical looks, all that stuff. We try to... We try to take root on that instead of taking root on the fact of what the Bible says we are, which is a fantastic work of God. When God made Adam, he said it's good. Adam and Eve, it was a good thing. It wasn't messed up. So if we try to take root in anything but God in what he says we are and why he came is because he loved us well there's some value there if the God of the living universe came and came because he loves you that's something to bank on right there now anyway so let's uh, he has no root himself so Basically, tribulations and persecutions. Hardship. Cancer is a tribulation. Believe me. Persecution, plenty of that. And it's going to get crazy. (laughs) People are being persecuted because they believe and have faith in Jesus now in faith in the Bible. And they fall away because of that. Next category is in verse 22. Jesus says, And what was sown among thorns, this is one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and deceitfulness of riches riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. So this is someone who's looking out, but looking at the wrong stuff. See, this world, there's nothing that we get in this world that we get to take with us. You get to use it while it's here. That's why, to me, it sounds kind of funny. When you, you we say we're buying a house, we're buying land. You don't own it, necessarily. Why? Because you only get to use it. You don't own it forever. Because when you're gone, you're gone. You don't get to take the land with you, take the house with you. Basically, you you, you just control it. <laughs> you get control of it for a certain period of time. And riches, uh, there's so many stories, so many people who've told stories about even people who have won lotteries and just absolutely been destroyed. Now, it says deceitfulness of riches. Okay, so 
again, I'm not going to say, hey, being rich is a sin. That's not. That's not what the Bible teaches. Relying on your riches instead of God, that's a problem. And unfortunately, the more wealth people have, the less they tend to rely on God and be generous. Uh, it's not not a hundred percent, not always. There are wonderful people out there that have a ton of money, that do a ton of stuff for people, and know where their money came from. But uh, but if you start leaning on your riches, see that's where it says it chokes the word. Why? Because you don't. Because in, in their brains they tell themselves, "I don't need that. I don't need the Bible. I don't need God. I got all this money. I got all these resources, and it can be gone." One horrible diagnosis can drain a bank account overnight. Now then, verse 23, Jesus talks about the good soil. Okay, now what? what's the good soil? What kind of good soil are we talking about? That's someone who hears the word and understands it. Well, what, what do you do to understand it? You study it, you ask, you search, you dig. A lot of times people just want the preacher to just lay it on them. And then let them, you know, just give them all the cake, you know, all the easy stuff. You know, uh, one teacher I had said that literally, and I've mentioned this before, studying the word, it should be like mining for gold. You really got to dig. Mining is tough. But when you get down in there and you find that gold... It's just absolutely fantastic. But also notice that there's different kinds of disciples that are good. There's different kinds of good soil, too. He said it bears fruits and yields, but in some case a hundredfold, some case sixty, some case thirty. Still bearing fruit, but everyone bears fruit based on their ability. And I believe they're not their abilities themselves, but the ability you have to yield to God and let your faith take control. Now, in James, switching over real quick, book of James 1, verse 6, James says, Let him who asks in faith but let him ask in faith, excuse me, without doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by wind. Guess what waves and wind can do to you? Erosion. The tribulation, the persecution, erosion. And over time, it doesn't have to be a big thing. Sometimes people get the idea that this huge thing happens to you and that's what the problem is it's the little stuff it's the little waves that keep pounding on you every day that's why it is so important that we stay in prayer bible study outreach and i'm adding another category 
church fellowship, you have to get together with other believers because that can and will and should build you back up. Now, here's here's Jesus' ultimate word here, I think. It's actually Matthew 10, 32 and 33. He says, So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who's in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. So, don't let this world erode your faith. Be diligent. I always use the phrase, keep on keeping on. And that's because literally, uh, you, as much as the world keeps tearing you down, you got to build it back up. And the beauty is, you know, you build it back up stronger. That's the thing with the with the spirit, and I think our spirit is somewhat similar to our human body. To get a big physique, a really good physique, you have to tear down muscle tissue because what your what your body does is build it back twice as strong, and that's why your muscles get bigger. Spirit is the same way. When trials, tribulations in this world and, and then temptations of of the world out there and rich, you know, and riches start messing with us, that's tearing us down. You have to get back into prayer, Bible study, outreach, and church fellowship to build yourself back up. Super, super important. And as always, though, I want to say keep on keeping on. Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. If you would like to support this ministry, then please go to Patreon under L.A. Blackburn. May God bless every effort you make to do His will in His Word.